Welcome to Plain Talk. Plain Talk has a new podcast every two weeks with up-to-date information about aviation technologies for general and business aviation. From home to cockpit to boardroom to personal tech, Plain Talk provides informative information for pilots, industry insiders, and aviation enthusiasts alike. My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 1,900 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. I'd like to uh, welcome Anne-Marie Mercedes Heikenwalder from Diamond Aircraft, uh, Head of Sales and, and Marketing. Anne-Marie, I, I hope I didn't mutilate your last name. No, absolutely not. I mean, I usually tell people, just pronounce it like you're angry, and then it works. <laughs> uh, welcome you into the Plain Talk cockpit. Uh, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. It's a beautiful day here in London, Ontario. And uh, I take it you, uh, you're sitting just outside of the uh, uh, diamond manufacturing facility? Correct, yes. I'm directly here at our factory beautiful London, Ontario, as I mentioned, and uh, we have a 220,000 square foot production facility here that produces the DA-20s, the DA-40s, and the DA-62s. That must be kind of interesting, watching a, a new DA aircraft coming off the production line. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite activities in, in the afternoon when you're going for your first walk of the day throughout the facility and just seeing how things move through the line and how the aircraft come together from basically just a, a roll of fabric. Totally amazing. So today we're going to talk about Diamond's venture into electric aircraft. When did it first start? Uh, for us, it's been, you know, a 10 plus year journey. So we first released a hybrid electric aircraft in 2011. That is the uh, DA-36E Star. Uh, that one had its first flight at Paris Air Show, and it was our, our first venture into the space to see, test the feasibility and see what we could achieve with our existing platform. From 2011, uh, two years later, we then released a new and improved version of the DA-36, and so we called it the E Star 2. It again premiered at uh, Le Bourget Air Show. And we looked at, you know, doing something different. I mean, Diamond's always been at the forefront of tech and at the very epitome of uh, you know, new developments, et cetera. So uh, from there, we said, you know, the hybrid electric proof concept worked well, and uh, we developed the world's first hybrid electric multi-engine platform, so the HEMAP. That one has an Austro engine in the nose and then two Siemens uh, engines mounted on a nose spin. And so we had a successful flight with that. And that was sort of our initial ventures. And we've been looking at where the industry is developing. And we've been looking at electric um, very intensely for a few years now. And we finally settled on the DA-40 being our launch platform for our first electric aircraft. Is it also going to be called a DA-40E star? No, it's actually going to be the EDA-40 is, is the name for the aircraft. We've announced in October 2021 our battery partner. It's Epic Battery System by EPS. 
So they are based out of Utah, and they've been a wonderful partner for us, and they also work with other OEMs in the industry. So they are developing that the battery side of things for us. We also just recently announced the engine partner or the motor partner, which will be Safran. I take uh, Safran is uh, French? Yes, exactly. I, I only said that because you, you used a French accent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they, they um, definitely have the best motor for our platform. You can look up some of the details on our website. We've, we've got some more uh, specs there, but it's a 130-kilowatt engine, essentially, that will be powered by the batteries from EP Systems. If I recall correctly, having read the specs, looking at about 90 minutes of airtime? Yeah, exactly. So our initial research shows that we'll be a 90-minute uh, airtime with a 20-minute quick recharge. So we looked at different options, you know, replacing the batteries or, or a quick reload, if you will. However, we finally, together with EPS, settled on the quick recharge being the best option for our aircraft. So we really see this as an initial trainer, uh, you know, sort of a circuit trainer for flight schools and operators. We see it going into that space initially and with some early adopters on the private side as well. Interesting. And I seem to recall you mentioning earlier uh, expected uh, cost savings over traditional fossil fuel aircraft. Yeah, so we expect a 40% reduction to operating costs from your traditional aircraft. So we definitely see this as a huge improvement. And of course, operators that are you know, training oriented, they want to keep their costs as low as possible. So we expect that the EDA 40 will be a good match for those operators. And with the, uh, uh, excuse the pun, 100 low lead uh, fuel skyrocketing and in some places, Jet A, more expensive than 100 low lead, uh, the migration to hydroelectric power will be quite interesting, if not timely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the industry is ready for change. We we all started with 100 low lead and 100 low lead is anything but low lead. It has four times higher lead content than regular uh, car gas had when it was still leaded. And of course, the EPA is really bogging down on this issue. There was an endangerment finding released just last year with a general aviation being one of the primary contributors to airborne lead contamination. Of course, that's a huge issue, which is now being highlighted and actively worked against. I mean, the FAA just announced in February this year an initiative called the Eagle Initiative, and it's essentially there to eliminate 100 lowland. Diamond's always been at that forefront and looking for the next best opportunity for the industry. So we've been focusing for many, many years now on the alternative to 100 lowland being Jet A. So we were the first to market with a certified piston engine that burns Jet A, which is quite unique. And we've we've done so successively in our platforms. There's a number of manufacturers that have a have retrofit options that you know retrofit didn't really work all that well. So I mean our airframes are proven and we already managed to lower operating costs by going the Jet A route, and now we're looking at that electric route. Perfect. I suppose one of the biggest speed bumps is retrofitting 
local airports, uh, electrical infrastructure, and getting those charging ports uh, to the aircraft. I seem to remember reading something on your website uh, about mobile microgrid technology that's going to deal with that issue. Yeah, exactly. So our battery partners are extremely innovative and they recognize that you can't just provide a battery. You have to think about the ecosystem and how that works. So they have come up with a number of really interesting initiatives. And one of them is this mobile microgrid. We, we dub it mobile mic. So it's essentially, think of a fuel truck. You know, you have your fuel that comes to the aircraft and that's what this micro mobile microgrid will do. It is essentially a battery truck that will drive to the aircraft and quick recharge the aircraft. So when you're thinking of, you know, a flight school operation that has certain airports approved for their students to solo to, well, those flight schools can have a mobile mic stationed at another airport for a recharge for the student to be able to fly back home. I mean, the other thing that EPS is looking at, again, thinking of this ecosystem around the electric side of things, is they're actually looking at energy as a service. So essentially, operators that don't have existing infrastructure, they're looking at installing the infrastructure and then charging operators per charge. So it would be of the installation of the system would be of zero cost to the operator, and then they would just pay per charge as required for their operation. So there's a number of really interesting concepts that are floating around, which will make it easy for operators to adopt the electric technology. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate challenge. Uh, sadly, in aviation, we talk about teaching old dogs new tricks. And I think uh, that's one of the stumbling blo blocks in getting folks to uh, embrace leading edge uh, technology. The mobile mic solution, in my mind, makes so much sense and is very easy for the FBO to implement transition to electric strategy. A fuel truck is a fuel truck, and the only thing that's different is containing Jet A, 100 low lead, or uh, neutrons and electrons. Exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely will be an, an easily adoptable solution for FBOs and, of course, operators that manage their own energy, if you will. It will be easy to implement that as well. And then as we get closer to you know full deployment over the course of time as piston aircraft are replaced with, with electric aircraft, what's the impact to... Uh, airport airport residents' noise toleration, do you think? Well, we expect a large reduction in the noise itself, just with, you know, the elimination of, of an, a piston engine uh, and moving to an electric motor will definitely see some improvement. I mean, of course, there's still the noise that the propeller produces, but that is quite neg negligible compared to the noise that a piston engine generates. So a lot of positive good news for the airport owner, operators, municipalities, as they deal with the, the, uh, the residents near, uh, near or under the flight paths. Yes, exactly. We do expect that there will be some improvement in 
let's call it neighborly relations um, between airports and neighboring residents. And then I, I suppose as you start working out the ecosystem with airports having really large footprints with most of the footprint not used, there's a lot of empty space between runways and taxiways and so on and so forth, I suppose it becomes an interesting opportunity to install solar panels to charge the mobile mics or you know, offset uh, the hydro grid. Yeah, I mean, of course, that will be left up individually to the operators and how they decide to solve and how airports decide to approach the solar side of things. But, of course, the real estate is available. I think of hangar roofs or flat surfaces that are, you know, quite perfect for installation of solar panels. It'll be an ancillary service to what we are looking at, but it's definitely going to be an interesting concept to look at. Essentially going from really expensive 100 low lead to almost free neutrons and electrons. Yes, exactly. Yeah, lots of advantages. I mean, if you look at uh, automotive industry, aviation always follows closely where automotive has already gone. And you see a lot of these concepts of um, charging stations installed at homes where, well, you're right, energy is being harnessed from solar or from wind. Yeah, and Tesla has been on the forefront with not, not only, uh, obviously, the uh, uh, electric car revolution, but also solar panels and power banks in the garage to charge uh, the cars in the evening off of the energy cap- captured from the solar cells. Yes, exactly. Any expected certification dates? So we expect certification for our electric DA40 by the end of next year with deliveries beginning the following year. We are basing our EDA40 on an existing already certified platform, uh, which we expect will help meet that timeline. And then, of course, you have that very long history working with Transport Canada, the FAA, EASA, with the whole certification process. Yes, exactly. So we do hold several type certificates at our Canadian factory here, others in our Austrian factory. So we've got a long line of uh, history and experience working with the authorities. One of the cool things is because we're at the forefront of this tech, uh, regulation does not necessarily exist around it yet. So we see that as a, as a huge opportunity to help shape the future of electrification of general aviation and help shape some of the regulation around that. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Imagine a Canadian company shaping FAA regs. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's on the horizon at, at Diamond Aircraft? I mean, we're always exploring new opportunities and, and we're always working on what's the next best project. I mean, of course, the EDA-40 is, is our latest and greatest, uh, but we're also expecting um, our FAA certification for the DA-50RG later this year with delivery uh, into the U.S. beginning at the end of this year. So the DA-50 is our latest certified aircraft. Um, it received EASA certification last year. It's got the same fuselage as the DA-62, essentially, but we have a Continental CD-300 jet fuel powered piston engine on the nose of this aircraft and we expect it'll do really well in North America. Like I said, first deliveries are beginning end of this year and the first customer to receive this aircraft is already 
quite excited and can't wait to start operating. Wow. So I'm just curious, has the EDA50RG hit the engineer's tables yet? (laughs) I cannot comment on that. (laughs) I promise I won't tell a soul. Of course. (laughs) Anne-Marie, thank you so much for being part of Plain Talk today. Thank you very much for having me. We uh, appreciate the time that you took with us today as well. And uh, talking about diamond is is one of my passions. So any questions that you might have, just let me know and happy to follow up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plain Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plain Talk episode, please go to the contact us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.